Hello, and welcome to another episode of Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elcherson. With me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Simon. Adam, hello. How's it going? Hey, doing well. Oh, your mic sounds extra good today. Uh, it was smooth. I feel like it's very sensitive to exactly the height as to where it is ah. located, which is weird. Interesting. Well, I like it. You know, keep it at this precise height. It sounds really, really good. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> So listeners, we do have one exciting announcement. Floor 9 was named as a 2021 Webby Award honoree. Yeah. We did it, Adam. Woo! I'm a little disappointed. It seems like Webby's Webby's used to have little spring trophies. I, I feel like the spring is not there anymore. No, it's still there. Oh, is if it? The, uh, yeah, yeah. We, I downloaded like the PDF like um, little sticker pack that we can kind of go promote with. So it's there. That's a big win for us at Floor 9. So thanks to all our listeners for listening and sticking to it. And obviously, thanks to the team for, uh, you know, always supporting us and getting out some great content. So thank you. In other news, this week, we also had our first ever Twitter Spaces event, uh, breaking down a little discussion around all of Apple's announcements from their spring event. It was super fun. We do plan on doing more of these uh, in the future. We just have one call out and that is Unfortunately, we weren't able to record the audio from that conversation, uh, which means we weren't able to put that breakdown into this week's episode. So instead, I'm going to direct you over to our Medium website where our very own Richard Yao has put together um, a very comprehensive write-up of all the product announcements and those brand implications. So uh, apologies about that, but you can definitely go read about it. Uh, It's a quick read, a lot of great detail uh, as everything Richard does. So uh, go check that out. And lastly, I have to remind everybody about the Floor 9 Referral Program. The Floor 9 Referral Program is still live. It is your last chance to sign up and start referring to get a very limited edition Floor 9 t-shirt. So as always, go to refer.fm forward slash floor9 to sign up for your custom referral link. And once you're there, you can start sending that around to your friends, family, whoever might be interested in the show. So thank you for that. But Adam, shall we dive into the news of this week? Let's do it. First up, as the audio space continues just to get super heated we have more social audio as <laughs> competitors coming in this space to compete with clubhouse uh so facebook has announced their first audio product uh to compete with clubhouse as well as reddit which one do you want to start with first which one's more interesting to you to you to break down <laughs> let's talk about facebook because they announced a okay. few different things i think uh you know there there are um, there is a, a Clubhouse clone, basically, that I think is mostly designed for t- Facebook groups uh, to be used inside of Facebook groups, which I think makes a lot of sense. And for communities that you know have traction and have engagement on Facebook, I think that makes sense. Um, they're also doing something called Sound Bites, which is basically short audio snippets that get posted to your feed. Uh, it's kind of like an audio version of TikTok. Kind of, uh, and I think there there is going to be like a separate place where you can listen to all of your friends' sound bites at, at the same time. Twitter did something similar though. Like I think like a yeah. it was like last year, I guess they had like their like their little audio drop. Yeah, tweet there, there were thing. there were voice tweets which totally got lost in the the, the product <laughs> pipeline. Like I feel like I saw one a couple of weeks ago and I hadn't seen one in months. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so that's Facebook, I guess, catching up to Twitter on that. Uh, and then they're also making a deal with uh, Spotify to start promoting 
promoting uh, podcasts. So I think there, there's not a lot of details as to what that's going to look like, but there is going to be a deeper Spotify Facebook integration to allow you to listen to music or podcasts from Spotify while you're in the Facebook app. Uh, and there's something about podcast promotion from Spotify into Facebook. That would be cool. Any more ways in which we can get promotion or curation around the vast you know number of podcasts out there would be um, great. You know, I think that's all positive for the podcasting side of the business. Now with Facebook coming out with their audio product, and we'll talk about Reddit's version, which is called Reddit Talk. It brings me to this question, Adam, of whether or not Clubhouse is a product or a feature. Because very similar to Snapchat's Stories product, we have now seen the essentially the core differentiating factor of what Clubhouse was made across every single major social platform within like three months of it launching. <laughs> to be fair, it was a little longer than that. Clubhouse has been around for a while. Um, but yeah, from from Clubhouse sort of having a breakout moment to uh, to being in, in every app, like, like I'm sure Excel is going to be getting uh, social audio <laughs> just like next week based on, the, on, on Microsoft's timeline. They're a little slow, but they do eventually you know, get there. Honestly, I think I think it's going to end up being more of a feature. Yeah. I don't think that cl- that a year from now, most consumers are going to be going to Clubhouse to experience this kind of audio. And I do think that this is going to become a broader thing that that more consumers are listening to. It just makes so much sense to have uh, a live audio product. Right. I think the, the counter example or, the, or the, the counter argument is that if you look at live video, it is mostly Twitch and YouTube. And even though Facebook, for example, has a live video product, Twitter has, I think, still has. They still have Periscope. They do still have a live video product. Yeah, <laughs> You do see it mostly coming from like media organizations, not from individuals so much. Um, but th- those haven't really taken away from, say, Twitch or, or YouTube's uh, live product. The other thing that that I keep coming back to, and I know we don't necessarily agree on this, but I think that that Spotify is probably the big uh, kahuna in the room because uh, you open the Spotify app to go to, to, to listen to audio. And if they start promoting live content inside of the Spotify app, the sort of recent redesign gives them a good place to do that. I think that it will that you they will see much higher numbers than most of these other platforms. Uh, you know, I think the the argument against that is well, Twitter, F- Facebook, Reddit, uh, Discord, they all have sort of built-in, you know, social uh, reach and, right. and sort of communities. And I think, you know, th- that's the value is that y- it's a good way to activate within your community. Um, if you're looking for it as a way to to reach new people, obviously you can do that. On, uh, platforms like Twitter are well designed for that. The audience for audio, I think it's going to be more defined by the app than anything else. So it's okay. good to have these features. I'm sure they will be useful, but I don't think that we're going to be spending, you know, more than 50% of our audio time in Twitter this time next year is what right. I'm saying. Got it. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because you, you bring up a good point of really who, who's the audience this is going to be built for, right? Like I do feel that the Twitter side of it is great for the creator side of the marketplace, right? Because they have all the potential tools there, the reach there. It can be, you know, a, a very nice siloed uh, toolkit to reach and engage with with your community whereas you know if you look at other platforms like a spotify they have a larger customer base right like they have more people actually using the app so it could be interesting to see like which side of the market kind of pulls the i guess attention uh to one platform or another right it could be very like audience driven and like reach driven or it could be like creator driven people go seek out those creators so i don't know obviously it's not going to be like absolute in any way but it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out in those 
you know, two differentiated sides of the the market. But uh, as always, we'll be keeping our eyes on that. And uh, just briefly, we mentioned the Reddit Talk product. Uh, it looks like this is going to be uh, in beta currently, and they're only opening it up to um, moderators of different uh, subreddits within the entire community. So a subreddit moderator could get access to it and then host essentially... Um, you know, a room or a talk, uh, a stage for that subreddit. So it's very beta right now. But, you know, again, each different platform is kind of having their own unique way of rolling out this uh, social audio feature. So definitely exciting to watch and more to come there. Next up, Adam, I, I want to jump right into some retail innovation, uh, which is exciting as things start to really open up. And it's coming from Amazon. Uh, and I think they're doing some pretty interesting things here. So first, Amazon is bringing its Amazon One Palm Scanner to uh, select Whole Foods markets as a payment option, which could be good or bad. <laughs> I'm not sure people want to be touching things, <laughs> but hey, they're going to be testing it out. <laughs> So this, I think, would have been useful in the past year, maybe less so uh, going forward. But this is really Amazon's solution to something like Google Pay or or Apple Pay. You know, Amazon doesn't own a device. They don't own a device platform like that. Uh, I mean, they do own devices. They do produce devices, but they don't own a mobile uh, platform. So this right. is a way for them to, to get their own payments uh you know, integrated and, and easy access for the consumer. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that consumers want this. But it, if you're really invested in Amazon and want to use Amazon's uh, checkout products, this is an easy way to do it. Certainly, it would allow you to walk into a Whole Foods <laughs> without your phone even and make a purchase, which kind of cool. you can imagine some circumstances where that might be useful. Uh, I guess Amazon is is slowly settling on this as their sort of uh, brick and mortar retail checkout solution. Mm -hmm. And this is just another very small step in that direction. It's only going to be in um, uh, about uh, eight stores in the Seattle area mm -hmm. at first. So it's, it's definitely still a test, but it seems like they are, are, you know, zeroing in on this as their preferred brick and mortar checkout solution. And on the total opposite side of the spectrum, they're also opening a hair salon in London to test out new tech products, uh, specifically in the AR category. Um, I'm not sure what to make of this one. I love the idea of what they're doing, right? Like they're going to be offering a salon in London and one of the features they want to test out is augmented reality hair consultations. Like I love the idea of it, but why Amazon? Yeah, I, I think this is 100% a prototype store that is going, I would expect that they will roll a lot of new technology in here. My I, I, hair, I'm not sure why the hair salon necessarily as opposed to a more traditional retail environment. But the thing about a hair salon is there is always someone with you. So I, my guess is that that's part of it is that it is an entirely like uh, the the stylist is like leading you through the entire experience so that you're not as a customer just sort of self-navigating in, in a normal in a normal store so that give opens them up to maybe more experimental technology uh, and things that are a little more in beta but i just see this totally as a, as a beta and prototype uh, and i would not expect there to be more salons necessarily uh, <laughs> but i do i do think that we will eventually start to see technology come out of here and into other places well, listen, it holds up for our theory that Amazon is, you know, going to be delivering the Amazon home, the Amazon salon. We have, we already have the Amazon food store. I mean, we're just going to live inside the corporate world that is Amazon <laughs> <laughs> every day. Uh, well, well, great. So that'll be an interesting one to watch uh, as that one rolls out. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes on that one for for sure. Uh, and lastly, we have some news in the OTT uh, space. And it starts with Sony striking a deal with uh, Disney to license some of the Marvel characters, such as uh, Spider-Man. 
on to Disney Plus, as well as it seems like it's going to be bringing the really uh, a massive slate of Sony movies to Disney Plus, starting with Sony's 2022 release slate. Um, so I think it's pretty big news. This always seemed to be like a conflict in the Marvel universe. It's part of the the, the decade long project of bringing Spider Man into the Mar- <laughs> into the MCU. But it uh, you know this comes on the heels of last week or the week before they made a deal with Netflix um, for the first window of home video releases. Which so so basically what will happen is the the next Spider Man movie will go to Netflix for a certain period of time, but then it ends up on Disney Plus and lives there for for the rest of time. Uh, and this obviously is important to Disney that they can get since Spider-Man has been narratively integrated into the MCU and, and, and appearing in other movies. It's important that the, that the Spider-Man movies uh, and, and uh, spinoffs of the Spider-Man movies end up with the other MCU movies on Disney+. Plus. This isn't just about Spider-Man. There's a ton of other Sony content that's also going to be in that same window moving uh, to Disney+. Plus and I, I would imagine also to, to Hulu uh, and Star uh, globally. Um you know, it's the the Nef- the interesting thing to me is that Netflix still has that first window um, that this stuff is going to pass through Netflix, which was a big win for Netflix. I think Sony is the largest independent studio that is not fronting their own streaming service. Put an asterisk. We're going to come back to that in a second. <laughs> but um, so they are sort of the biggest opportunity for Netflix uh, with uh, with third party content. Uh, and I think uh, it's interesting to me that Disney didn't outbid Netflix. But uh, my guess is that Netflix, uh, you know, paid up a lot to, uh, for that, uh, that capability. So um, yeah, yeah, and, and both of those deals are actually timed to expire uh, in uh, th- through twenty twenty six. So Sony twenty twenty six is not that far away. So I think there there is going to be you know Sony is is testing out this model, and then we'll see in a, in a few years uh, mm-hmm. we we might see this sort of rejigger and reshift itself again. Right, and it's interesting too. Like you bring up a point of why maybe Disney didn't outbid Netflix, and um, you know given Netflix's latest earnings right they're like like they've kind of had some flat numbers so i i could see them having a need to have some newer content that acts again as like a hook as like an acquisition strategy whereas disney plus you know for them to your point like they're more interested in like the long-term vision of making sure that they can have spider-man integrated into the mcu and so you know having it as a final destination to me seems like it's more important kind of gives them the holistic catalog that, that they're looking for and really becomes more of like a retention strategy and so but adam you mentioned sony's potential streaming service so you want to quickly talk about this playstation view plus video pass and what that might be signaling uh for a strategy for sony yeah there was a um leak from uh sony's uh playstation polish website uh, of something something called playstation plus video pass which uh, is not an announced product uh, so this is a leak um but you know the speculation is that this would be some sort of video subscription service that would uh, be part of or adjacent to PlayStation Plus, which is their you know sort of gaming subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this potentially makes a lot of sense for Sony. This PlayStation was always the right place to root a Sony entry into the the streaming market. I just think there there's some questions as to what this content would be given that they just licensed a bunch of content to, uh, to Disney and, Disney and to Netflix. Uh, but it's possible that this is, is all international. So the, mm-hmm. the, um, 
the the Disney deal and the Netflix deal were just for the U.S. So this is possible that this is their solution for the rest of the world. Um, and you know, if if so, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, we, it's uh, with us sitting here in the U.S. We th- we talk a lot about streaming in the U.S. It's very different in a lot of the rest of the world, and it's something that I think unless you're really in the space, you're not as aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. But Netflix is much more powerful globally. Uh, a lot of content that we in the U.S. see on platforms uh, like HBO, for example, is uh, it's all on Netflix in other countries. Um, so I think mm. you know the the landscape looks dramatically different. Disney is making really I think interesting moves with Star, which is their sort of version of Hulu outside of the U.S. Um, I think that they're they're going to be a strong competitor there. Um, but it is every everywhere else is is largely moving a little bit slower. And so it's even though like if you're thinking about the U.S., it seems late for Sony to be fielding an entry into the space. I think it does make more sense uh, if we th- if we think about everywhere outside the U.S. because I think there is still opportunity there. And again, I my guess is that this is you know something that is they'll try for the next five years, and we'll see. I think I we think and I think that things are going to change massively five years from now. I don't think that just because we have all of these services launched that this is going to be the strategy going forward. Around five years from now is when you're going to start to see some companies start to get a little exhausted of spending so much money to compete with the Netflixes <laughs> and the Disneys of the world and uh, you know maybe consider backing out of the, the streaming race and and licensing their content again so I think you know that's it's sort of the right time horizon it's it's a good time you know and maybe not maybe if it's working globally then they the timing lines up and they bring that to the US and they pull this content mm. from uh, from Netflix and Disney uh, that that is also possible as well so I, I think you know Sony I think is being pretty smart here and seeing how the market's going to play out and I think again things will be dramatically different five years from now oh absolutely it is quite difficult to predict Um what goes on in the future but hey that is what we do at the lab well listeners with that that is going to wrap up this week's episode of floor nine as always you can find myself and adam on twitter i am at t-i-p-p-i-e-r he is at adam j simon as well as of course follow the lab at ipg media lab uh last chance for the referral program that is still live. You can sign up at refer.fm forward slash floor nine. And of course, if you're part of the Media Brands family, uh, join us in our Floor Nine Teams channel. It's been a lot of fun having some good conversation. So uh, definitely hop in and uh, participate. We'd love to have you. So thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.